0: Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I'm excited today. We should always be excited about the Word of God, about the presence of God. We're God's people. You know, this is who we are, and um, so we should be excited. But as I begin today, um, do y'all believe that God is still doing impossible things today? I do. You know, many people, and my son and I was talking about this, including Christians, um, they never thought the day would come that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. They, they, they never thought that was ever going to happen. And, um, and it really is a testament to the persistence of pro-life men and women that kept, that kept knocking on heaven's door, that just kept saying, you know what? Fifty years, I don't care. I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep knocking, keep protesting, keep praying, doing all of those things, and I'm going to believe that God is going to move on our behalf. People like Bill Mayer and the other people I mentioned two weeks ago when we, when we joyfully, you know, excitedly you know, was excited that God did what he did, but it was because the people were persistent, and Jesus said in the parable of the persistent widow, we were wearing God out. Remember, that's what he said, the judge says, the because this widow keeps wearing me out, even though I don't care anything about what she wants, I'm going to give her justice, and we were wearing God out. And, and you know, but that, that says something, And also, But, you know, really, the Supreme Court didn't overturn Roe. God did. God did that. And, uh you know if you take the time to analyze and I I've, I've done this if you analyze the pieces that it took of the puzzle to make what happened happen with the overturning of Roe v. Wade you'll see that it was God's hand that moved every piece of that puzzle. And uh, all the way from presidential elections to the nominations of Supreme Court justices to the, to the death of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean that was just you know, many people believed that she was going to retire was where another justice could replace her that was going to be a, a liberal justice, and, and she hung in there. And I remember people on, online and social media and stuff saying, you know, hang in there, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I'm going to give you my liver. I'm going to give you my heart. I'm a, you're going to live forever this is what they, what they said. And it's like God's like, I, I'm in charge of that. You know, so if you think about all these things that happen, it's not coincidental or accidental. It's godly. It's a divine plan by God. And uh, so we should take, take we should be excited about that, and um, but you know God God is not dead. God is still working miracles today, and um, the work the work with Roe v Wade and the and the abortion in the United States is is far from over. They are still today, abortion is still legal in the United States. It's still legal. So Lee said we're going to change that 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 slide. And what Lee was referring to is on Monday nights when we pray, we have about a dozen slides that we put up there. Of different things, because the Bible says there's power in agreement, right. that when we come together and agree, so we agree on these things, and one of them was, it was specifically said, we agree that Roe v. Wade will be overturned, and and, and that happened, thank you, Jesus, but now we need to say, God, we agree that abortion will no longer be legal in the United States. Yes. That, that's that's, what, that's really what, what, what we have to pray, but really the church should be excited um, about what has happened here, because it's a reminder to God's church that God is still listening to his people, and God is still answering his people. So prayer works. You know, pers- going born before God petitioning God, you know, these things work. But, you know, as you, as um, I believe many people, when they read the Bible, they have a mindset of separation. And I mean that by saying this, they look at the Bible and they read the stories from Genesis to Revelation of all the things that God did in the Bible, and they say that was God then, right. and then they look at their lives now and they say, "This is God now." Right. And, and I'm not saying we all do that, and none of us probably do it deliberately or intentionally. But I think a lot of times we think, "Well, man, God was doing all of these wonderful things back then, but but God God's not doing those things today." I reject that premise. I don't believe that 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 is true, and the Bible gives no no basis at all for that conclusion. Um, you actually find the opposite. the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has not changed God, god is still the same, so um, that tells us that the same God that that worked in the Bible is still working today. the same power he demonstrated in the Bible, God is still demonstrating his power today it 's the same power, the same God the bible says so so god God has not changed, but maybe we have. <laughs> See, if we if we say, I don't see God, I don't feel God, I don't believe God, that doesn't mean that God's not working. God hasn't changed. Maybe it's me. I, maybe I'm the one that needs a better perspective on who on who God is. So, um, what we need to ask ourselves is: Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Are you asking? Are we are we persevering? Are we pressing in for God and for the for the things of God? So. The Bible says the truth will set you free. That's what Jesus said. The truth will set you free. And this is the truth. Jesus said in Matthew 19, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So I titled the message today, All Things Are Possible With God. All things are possible with God. See, Jesus himself declared that, yes, with man, man left to himself and on his own, we, we 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 are we are limited. Man is restricted. We 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 are not we are not God, and and uh, we are limited. But but here Jesus was responding to the disciples who asked them "Who can be saved?" And G- Jesus said, "Apart from God, no one. For salvation, we we, we cannot be saved apart from Christ. Salvation is found in no one else. The Bible says, except Jesus Christ. So so God is the God of the impossible. I still I still believe that today that God is still doing impossible things. And, and I've said this before, but our church, the, the body that we have here in Covington, we are a reflection of the impossible things that God is still doing today. Right. We, have, we have lives in this, in this building today that God has done impossible things. Well, Antoine, I think he's downstairs right now with the, with the uh, children. Antoine should be in prison right now. Right. That, that was his sentence, and there was no the release... Antoine's a free man in Jesus' name. But he's more than free. He's saved and born again by the blood of Jesus. And he's a he's a he's a believer. He's a he he, he preaches the truth of Jesus Christ. That that's an impossible situation. Um, uh, Ray Leckler. Ray, Ray would probably tell you he should be dead. Based on his testimony and the things that God had done in his life right before he be, right before he found Christ. For all practical purposes, I really believe Ray thought. That he was going to die, or that he was he he, he was dead. That's a, that's a miracle. That's an impossible situation uh, in my in my family. Joshua, you know, Joshua is an example of. Joshua should still be on drugs. Should probably be in prison right now because of his like, But well, Joshua's set free. Thank you, Jesus. See, no 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 more drugs in Jesus' name. Blessed with a beautiful wife and a beautiful family. Lee Lee's free in Jesus' name. My wife. The, 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 uh, and we've said this before, Lori, Lori isn't, that's an impossible situation right here. And I, right. I tell people this all the time. And, and this happens, and I, I remember when I was a Christian, I would meet someone like Pastor Carl or whatever. You're, we, we get the benefit of seeing the finished product. Right. And so we think that's how that person always was. Right. No, it's not. Right. There was a lot that happened for them to get to where they were, and it was God. Amen. It was the impossible. And I'm here to tell you that any time somebody gets saved, yes. that, that's, that's an impossible situation. That, that is a miracle right. for someone to get saved, exactly. to turn away from that world and say, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus. Yes. Yes. That's a miracle. So these are some words and phrases that you're not going to find in God's vocabulary. If Ruby wants to put those on the screen, you must be kidding how many times have you said that when you faced something that was impossible and you looked at your situation and said, "You must be kidding. That, that's just never gonna. That's never gonna happen." God never says that. God never says that's impossible, because with Him, it, it all things are possible. God never says that's impossible. God never says that cannot be done. Well, how many times have you ever said, "And I, I'm guilty of this. That can't be done. That's just I'm looking at the. I'm, I'm looking at my resources. I'm looking at." I'm just looking at this. You know what? It's not going to happen. God never says that. God never says the chances of that happening are slim and none. I've, I've said that before. God never says that. He or she will never change. Just plug it, just fill in the blank. Somebody in your family, co-worker, a politician, somebody, somebody that, 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 and then that's too difficult. God never says that. God God's never confused. God's never surprised. God's never caught off guard. He, he's never like, wow, I wasn't expecting this to happen. That never happens with God. Nothing is impossible with God. See, you and I, I believe, spend too much time on what man cannot do and not enough on what God can do. Now, we're talking to believers here. We're talking to Christians. We, in other words, the world, they're going to live. But we, we are believers in God. We, we believe in God. So a lot of times when we face situations, we look at what it is that man can't do instead of what it is that God can do. And I think if that would really change the perspective of how we see things that we're facing, that's impossible if you looked at it from that, from that angle or from that perspective. But the Bible makes it clear that God can do anything. And uh, God, see, God is not bound by the natural laws of physics. He, he parted the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. Some people say, well, that was just an allegory. That was just a, you know, God, really, God never really did that. I, I believe he did that. He's God. He can part the Red Sea. The Bible says the Israelites, not only did they walk across the Red Sea, they walked across on dry ground. The ground, the ground was dry. He fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. I believe that really happened. I, I believe that. He fed the Israelites. I get this. When they left Egypt, the Bible says the Lord let them in, led them into the desert. It was probably almost a million people that, that, was, go- that was in a the desert. There was no restaurants. There was no hospitals. There was no food, no water, no nothing, a desert. But the Bible says God caused food, manna, to rain down from heaven. God caused water to come out of rocks. God can do the impossible. He healed the lame, the blind, the deaf. He raised the dead. God is the God of the impossible. See, God has no limits. He's not not limited by resources, by understanding, by by, by anything. God has no limits whatsoever. He has no boundaries or restrictions. See, occasionally, I believe the Christian, the church, we need to remind ourselves of the attributes of the Lord. The first thing that we must understand is God is creator. In other words, everything has its existence and its, and it's being because of God. Everything. God created everything. The Bible says everything that is seen and unseen, God, God created everything. So God is the creator of everything. That, that's, that's pretty big. That's a pretty big God when you look at it that way. God is eternal. God had no beginning. God will have no end. That, that concept of God having no beginning, it, 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 it really blows me away. I, my mind to go there, I can't, I, can't, I can't imagine it, but the Bible says God never had a beginning nor will he ever have an end. He always was and always will be. God is one. He alone is God, there is no other. God is sovereign, meaning God is supreme. God is supreme in everything. Then God is holy. He is separated from all moral defilement. So when I remind myself of the God I trust, I begin to say, what impossible when you begin to look at your life and your situations and you begin to see who God is, then all of a sudden your situations and your problems, they become, they become a lot smaller. They become more understandable to see that, yes, God really can do this. No, I can't. I don't see it. It doesn't make any sense. We, Lori and I, we had no way at all of knowing how God was going to change Joshua. I, I, I had no way. And, and I, I'll be honest with you, and I'm, I'm telling you the truth, I didn't ever see him sitting here like this today. I, n- I never saw it. But we, we clung to God. Laura and I clung to God, and look what God did. God, 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 will do, God will do the impossible things, the impossible things for us. See, I want to begin to live my life believing and speaking the way God does. That's what this church needs to do. It's to start speaking the way God speaks, that nothing will be impossible for us to do. There will be nothing impossible for us to accomplish in this church, in this ministry, in your family or in your life. We need to say that with God, all things are possible. Take our eyes off of man who is limited and begin to place our eyes on God and who he is and ask God to show us what it is that's preventing me from seeing the impossible in my life because I want to know, God, what that is and I want that veil to be removed that I can see God in the fullness of who he is. There's an Old Testament story in the um and then the Bible, the story of Abraham and Sarah, and many of you in here are very familiar with that story, but, but I believe that story of Abraham and Sarah um, gives us a blueprint of understanding the God of the impossible. And um, so we're going we're gonna to look at that, that here, here this morning. And, um, you know, the Bible said that God had told Abraham that you were going to be the father of many nations. That was God's promise to Abraham. There was only one thing missing Abraham didn't have any children. He he needed a family, and him and Sarah, his wife, were were extremely old. They were were well past the age of childbearing, the the Bible says. But God said that I will make a nation out of you, and you will have a son, you and Sarah. That was God's promise to both of them, well after the age of childbearing. Um, So God did that, so there would be no doubt that it was God and not man. See, God wants to get the glory in a possible situation, so... But what I want to do in this story, and I'm not going to read the whole story, we don't have time, but I'm going to pick a passage here. I want to focus on Sarah's response when the Lord told her she was going to have a son, that she was going to have a, have a child. And I believe it's very revealing of us and how we approach uh, difficult situations and impossible things um, in our life. And I believe her reaction is a lot like our reaction when we face impossible situations. So it's Genesis chapter 18. It says, Where, He said, Where is your wife Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah was already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, "Yes, you did laugh." <laughs> so the first thing I noticed in this passage here is there's a lot of laughing going on. And um, but how many of you have ever laughed at, God, at something that God said He would do in your life? I, we, we we laughed and we said again those same things that I said. You, you must be kidding. That that'll never happen. We, we we laughed at those at those things that God said. And um, but 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 God will do the impossible for us. But I believe that that verses 13 and 15 reveal, in a lot of ways, our response to impossible situations, and it's the way that, that Sarah responded. And, um, so there's going to be three, three things here we're going to look at. Um, we're, we're going to remove, we're going to release, and we're going to receive. So the first thing in Genesis 18:13 says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? The first thing we need to do when we look at the God of the impossible is we need to remove the limits. You need to remove the limits. What was the first thing that Sarah responded to when the Lord told her you were going to have a child? What was the first? She gave, her, she gave God the, her limitations, her age, that she was past the, the, the age of childbearing. In other words, the, the first instinct was God. God said I'm going to do this, but what's our first instinct? Well, i look, I look at the limitations that I have and the restrictions, and i say, God, you can't do that. But it had nothing to do with her restrictions or her limitations. It had everything to do with who God is. See, when God speaks something he can, he can do or wants to do in our lives, our first instinct is our limitations, what I can or cannot do. See, when God approached Moses and told Moses, I'm going to lead you I'm going to, lead you to, to uh, Egypt to, to lead my people out of Egyptian bondage, what did Moses tell God? I can't speak. God already knew that. God already knew how old Sarah was when he told Sarah, you will have a son. God God knew those things. When the Lord approached Gideon and said, Gideon, the Lord is with you, almighty warrior. What's the first thing that Gideon told God? Why are you picking on me? I'm the least of my clan. God knew who Gideon was. God God knew who he was. Remember the story of Lazarus when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And Jesus told the man, he said, roll away the stone. And what did Martha say? but my Lord, my Lord, don't roll away the stone. I said, the stench, the stench will be terrible. Lazarus has been in a tomb for four days. Jesus knew Lazarus was in a tomb for four days, but God was the God of the impossible. The first thing we do is we look, we look at our limitations, but see, your limitations have nothing to do with God doing the impossible in your life. That's what we need to do is when God, in his word, or a word that God gives you, or maybe from a from another minister or someone, God gives you a word, and it's something that is impossible. You need, don't look at your limitations. Look at what God can do. Right. God has no limitations, the, the, the Bible says. See, my response to what God said he can do cannot be what man cannot do. I, I can't look at what God can do and say, well, God, I can't do that. It doesn't matter. God can. God, God can do the impossible. So my inability and limitations does not prevent God from doing the impossible. And Lee touched on this last week. Uh, the weaknesses of man. Uh, that the, 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 Your limitations and your weaknesses don't prevent God from working in your life. Right. If anything, I believe it enhances God working in your life. Because God is looking for someone to do something miraculous and that everybody else said, you know what? That could never happen in his or her life. Because right. guess who gets the glory when God does that? Amen. God does. God gets the glory. Because so they look at you and say, well, that, you could have never done that. But yeah, but me and God can. See, God, God gets the glory for that. See, God is not limited by man. Look what 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says. It says, brothers and sisters, this is, he's, this is talk, he's talk, Paul's talking to the church. He's talking to us in this room this morning. Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. I love that scripture, and I love the part that the the, the emphasis on, but God, but God chose. That's what God did. See, don't don't look at yourself. God God knows who you are before He called you, before He saved you, before He ask you to do something in ministry or to do something in his kingdom. God knows who you are. We don't have to remind God of what we don't do or don't have or what we've done or what we haven't done. Just trust God. God is the God of the impossible. See, stop looking at your inabilities and start looking at the God of the impossible. See, Sarah laughed. She was really almost mocking and ridiculing God. She was 90 years old when this word came to her, that she was going to have a son. And she, and she, and she began to laugh. And, um, but we, when we laugh or we say that's impossible, we put limits on God. We, we are, we are, if we don't believe that God can do something in our lives, guess what you're doing? Even if you're not doing it deliberately, you're telling God, God, you can't. God hates that. God doesn't want us ever telling him he can't do anything. God can do all things, Amen. So here are some of the restrictions or excuses we make when facing the impossible. We look at ourselves and our ability or inability. We look at our age, our education, our status in life. And we look at ourselves and we say, God, you can't do that in my life. I I don't have this education. I don't have this status. Don't have this place in in, in life or whatever. God's not interested in any of that. All he's interested in is someone that just receives and accepts this is what God can do, that surrenders to God. Then we look, at, we look at others in our life. We look at our families, the way we were brought up, our spouse, our children, um, the, the different things that happened in our upbringing. We say, there's no way that God could ever use me based on the way I was raised or the home I was in or the way I grew up. God's not interested in any of that. Then we look at the devil, and, and we say, the, the, the devil's going to prevent me from doing these things. The Bible says that he's a footstool for the Lord. The Bible says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil is a liar. He's a liar to receive the truth of what the word of God says. And then we look at our resources. This is probably the biggest impediment that, that I believe to seeing the God of the impossible. God does not need what you don't have. i say that again. God does not need what you don't have. God only needs you to believe that he can do with you what you do have. That's, That's what God wants. Right. It's just to trust him. So we we look and we say, God, what I don't, I can't, I could have this. We wait. We think, well, when when I get to this place or when God gives me these things, then then God can use me. No, God wants to do the impossible right where you are now. Right where you are right now. And then we look at our failures and our mistakes. We say, I messed up too much. I, I made too many mistakes. Well, tell that to Moses. Moses murdered somebody and God still used him. Tell that to David. David committed adultery and murder, and God still used him. Tell that to Peter. Peter denied that he even knew who Christ was, and he was one of the 12. And tell that to Paul. Paul persecuted the church, arrested Christians, put them in prison, and God made him one of the greatest New Testament writers, the great greatest men, ministers, apostles of all time in the New Testament, Paul. So don't say that God cannot use you because of your failures, or your mistakes. Quit looking at the limits that you have and start trusting the God that has none. The Lord is telling you in this church, I believe that God is saying this with all my heart, remove the limits. Remove the limits. Quit saying when God shows you something, God says something that he wants to do in your life, the first thing that you do is you start giving God all the limitations. You're just giving them the list as if God doesn't already know what those things are. God says remove, remove the limits. The next thing in verse 14 It says, he said, is anything too hard for the Lord? The next thing we need to do is we need to release the truth. First thing was remove the limits. The next thing is we need to release the truth. That's what the word of God says. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for God? There's nothing too hard for God. God's response to her laughing would have been the same regardless of what it was that God said he would do. In other words, Sarah. Not only will you become not only becoming pregnant will, we, will we become easy, but but God can do anything. God can do anything for us. So, see, man, I believe is hearing what God is saying and ignoring what God, is, is hearing what, what we are saying and ignoring what God is saying. The church, and I've said this before, to Christians, we need to, to continue to reinforce to ourselves what the Word of God says, the truth of what God says. Just keep releasing the truth into your life. This is the word of God. This is the truth of what the word of God says. Not not what the media is saying, not what social media is saying, Facebook, Instagram, all those different things. Put it all the way, shut that down, and just start releasing the truth of what the word of God says. Just flood your life with the truth of what God's word says. See, we need to begin to release the truth, no matter how difficult our, our impossible may be. See, when we, when we face the impossible, ask yourself this question, is anything too difficult for God? No matter what it is that you're facing, release the truth over your situation. Matthew 17, verse 20, Jesus said, he replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will, be, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. So some of you in here, you may be facing mountains of financial needs. You need to release the truth of what the word of God says over your situation. This is what the word of God says in Philippians 419. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That's what the word of God says. So if you're facing a situation in finances, God says, I will meet all your needs. All your needs, the Bible says, in Malachi three ten, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. That's what the Word of God says, and I can tell you, my wife and I, we have tested God in that, and I can tell you that floodgates have been opened in our in our lives financially. There have been floodgates that have been opened. How it happens, I don't know, but I just know it does. Yes. And, it, and, it's, it, and it's just trusting God. But look what God says, bring it and test me in this and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and bless you, God says. See, so release the truth. That's what the, that's what the Bible says. That's what God's word says. In Psalm 37, since I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. That's what God's word says. You look at your situation, you say, I need a raise, I I need the boss to to, give me more money, I I need, I need, I need, I need, but this is what God says. Release the truth, see what I'm saying? Release the truth of what the Word of God says in your situation. Some of you in here are facing situations of healing in your life. Maybe you in this room or maybe someone very close to you, a family member, a mother, a father, uh, uh, someone very close. This is what the Word of God says for healing. Jeremiah 17, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. Amen. That's what the word of God says. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. That's what God says in Isaiah 53. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. That's what, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He provided healing for us. Not just physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, healing at every level and every stage of our life. Jesus, Jesus is our healer. Psalms 103, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. See, that's what the word of God says. You're, you're, you're facing the impossible. You're, you're facing a sickness, a help. That's what, that's what the word of God says. And then some of us are... are, are, are Are bound up in fear and anxiety. God's got a lot to say about fear and anxiety. In Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the Bible says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's what the word of God says. See, I'm releasing truth. I'm releasing truth. But I'm just speaking to you here this morning for 30, 45 minutes. You got to release the truth into your life every day of the week. You, you got to get your Bible out and you got to begin to release the truth of what the Word of God says. Like I said, shut, shut the TV off, the, the cable news, the, the media, all that, that's all that. That's not the truth. The Word of God is the truth. Release the truth of what the Word of God says. Those men that came to tell Sarah, you all of a Sunday they said, Is anything too difficult for the Lord? See that was the truth of what of what the word of God what the word of God says. See your situation does not is not over. until God says it's over. God's going to have the final word in your situation. Right. Right. I don't care how difficult it is. God's got the last word. God's got the last word on this earth right now. The men are rising up. They think that they haven't. No, God's got the last word. God's going to have the last word. Amen. Amen. In Mark chapter five. This is when Jesus healed the, uh, the, the, the daughter um, that was dead. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, said, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Why bother? I'm going to bother Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus can do the impossible for me. Amen? That's what God wants. So your situation, whatever it is, it's not dead. It's not dead in God's eyes. It's not dead in God's eyes. God will have the last word. And then in verse 14, it said, I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. The next thing here is, is we need to receive what God says. We need to receive what God says. We need to remove the limits. We need to release the truth and we need to receive what God says. God said, I will return. He didn't say, I might return, I, I think I'll be there next year, I might ret-. No, God said, I will return at this time next year. And what he said, your wife Sarah will have a son. That, that, that's, that's what God says. So if God has told you something, no matter how impossible it may seem, receive and stand on the promises of what the word of God has told you. Receive the word of God. You take ownership of that word. You, you, you cling to that word and you say, God, I believe that. Now I receive that word. Now, what happens when you receive that? I got peace now. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in fear. I'm not anxious. I'm not worried. Why? I receive the truth of what God's word says. Even if I don't see my situation changing, maybe my situation is getting worse. God, I'm still trusting you. I'm still believing in what your word told me. I, I'm, I'm receiving the word, God. I'm receiving the word of what, of what it is that, that you told me. Isaiah 54, 17 says, no weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Receive that word today, amen? Amen. Deuteronomy 31 says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That's what the word of God says. The Bible says, because of Christ, if you are in Christ... Guess what the Bible says? You were now God's friend. Before we came to Christ, we were enemies of God, the Bible says. But now we are a friend of God. God is our friend now. And the Bible says that God himself goes before us. He is with us. He'll never leave us. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's what the word of God, receive the word of God. That's what God says. Romans 8, 28, we know this. For we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. See, I receive that. I don't like what's happening in my life. Maybe there's a situation that's happening and it's not, not what I want, but I receive the truth of what the word of God says that God's working in all things. Even the things I don't like, things I don't understand, things that don't make sense. All this, God's working in all things. I receive I receive the truth of what the Word of God says. So you receive His promises. They are for us. The Word of God was written to His creation. They were written for you and I. Take them and stand on them. Don't limit what you receive by your understanding. God doesn't need you to figure Him out. He just needs you to trust Him. That's what I've done in my life. I can't, I'm not smart enough to figure God out. Thank you, Jesus, I'm not. because I, I, I would try to say I'm like God. My job is not to try to figure out why, why God does what he does. My job is just to trust him. Amen. The man in the Old Testament, he came to Abraham, came to Moses, all these men. Abraham, just said, go, to a, go to a place you've never been before, and I will make you into a, into a mighty nation. That didn't make any sense, but guess what Abraham did? He believed God. Right, right. He followed God. And guess what? God did what he said he was going to do. We can learn a lot from that, I believe, as a church. If we start just following God instead of trying to figure him out, we could go a long way, I think, with that. I may ask Eli just to start playing that music, please, in the background. You know, with God, all things are possible. I I still believe that today. I believe in the raising of the dead, the parting of the Red Sea, the feeding of the 5,000, all the miracles that God did in the Bible. I believe that they were all true and that they never ended that God is still doing miracles today. That God is still doing impossible things today. See, God will get the last laugh in your situation. See, Sarah, Sarah was laughing, but guess who got the last laugh? God did. In, in Genesis 21, Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave, gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. Sarah said, God, listen to this, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age? Guess what the word Isaac means? Laughter. God got the last laugh. God will have the last laugh in your situation. Your, your situation is not dead to God says it's dead. And God is still doing impossible things for us today. Amen. I'm just going to ask you just to stand to your feet, please.